Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, how are we doing tonight? All right. We're not not a huge crowd, but the loudest one of the weekend for sure. So you win that prize. I say that all the time. People don't like it, but it's true. I I only speak truth up here, right? So um, as we kind of roll towards the end, just this week and next week in our faith series, I thought what we could do, um, because it really gives us perspective, is to bring out two of this church's most beloved object lessons over the years. So if you're newer and have never seen it, hopefully it'll become uh, beloved to you, but many of you have seen these two. Um, And I want to start with a ragtag box of problems. Who remembers this one, the box of problems, right? And um, put that here. So this is a box that is full of, imagine your stressors, your burdens, the things that you have to endure. It's full of things that maybe people have put on you or have done to you, past or present, or maybe it's uh, certainly things that we've done. They've created shame or bitterness or regret, all kinds of these things, and they ebb and flow, but we always got some kind of box of problems, don't we? And we've used this for perspective because even though we all have this, right, that, that the, the, the lower we get and that all we can see is this box. And when we get to the point where all we see is this, right, and we have that anxiety and that fear, right, that directly impacts our faith. Because when we're, when we're seeing nothing but the box, we're not seeing what God is doing in our life. And we're not remembering what God has done. And we're not thinking about the promises for what he will do. And see, the Hebrews writer is writing this church where they're, they're here, aren't they? And they're kind of pushing back. And so we've seen he's given them this hall of faith, right? These, these people throughout Israel's history of how they, they saw victory despite a heavy box because they had faith. But the question now becomes the hardest question, and that is what about when we don't see the victory, at least in this life? When we don't see the healing, we don't see the loneliness end, we don't see the solution like the Red Sea parting, as we're going to see today, that's called enduring faith. And so it's about perspective. And so the second one is the most beloved one, Probably you've seen this one. Here it is. All right. So, this is our hope, our rope of hope. And so when we have hope of what God has promised, right, that goes beyond what we see as the failures or problems of this life, we now gain perspective. And so, remember, this uh, rope is your life. And I always like to say, don't think about it as just a life. Think about it as your life. It's just your life. And, 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 and it goes on. The reason I have it there, like you don't see the end, right? Because ever, whatever, no matter what you believe, God made you in his image, you have an everlasting life. The question is, will you live it with God or apart from God? But your, your life goes on and on and on. The green tape represents your life here, this world, this life, where the box of problems lie. It shouldn't be this big, but I want you to be able to see it. If you have eyesight like me, can, what is that, right? So that's why we make it this big. But it probably should be a tiniest sliver of this in comparison to the glories of eternity. 
And so what the perspective says to endure the faith, even if we don't see the victory, is to see that there is a better life, a better world, and that this world is not our home. And so we smile, and we worship, and we believe, because this is not our home. And no matter what this life might throw at us, we will have faith that endures. Let's let God hear our prayers. Lord, I come before you, and I know that every soul in this room is here for a purpose, Lord. And I pray that you would do what only you can do in my heart and their hearts. And Lord Jesus, you'd be honored that we'd come with a spirit of repentance, a spirit of joy, a spirit of we want perspective to give us enduring faith. So when those, those insurmountable problems come, and even when we don't see victory here, we know the victory is with you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen. So we'll keep that up here just so we can refer to it, right? We'll keep the tape. I just don't want anyone, especially me, tripping on it. So, um, hey, so real quick, uh, you can, if you do have your Bibles, we're, we're, uh, we're going to pick up where we landed last uh, week, which is Hebrews 11, verse 35. And uh, you might remember if you were with us last week, that's where we landed with this beginning of 35. Um, and so you can use a pew Bible, use your own Bibles, watch the screen, whatever is best. If you don't own a Bible, take that home. Uh, uh, from, the, in, from the pew, we'd love for you to have God's word, okay? Um, so before we get into that, um, I just want to just, this whole weekend, I'm just going to thank all of our church family, every one of you, whatever that might mean. Um, it's been a long road since last March, right? I'm talking March 2020, a long, long road, right? And they keep saying that word we all hate, we consider it a swear word, unprecedented, right? But it really is, I mean, it, it fits, quite a bit um, in every category of life, and including church here at Cornerstone. So um, we've just seen our elders lead the way. I remember meeting right here um, that March saying, the NBA canceled, guys. I don't know, right? What's, that, that's, uh, that's big. What are we going to do? And, and just, just led the way uh, with courage and faith and wisdom. Our staff, our paid staff, our unpaid staff, people sp- stepping in to places where they don't normally have to step into. And all of our church family, especially thankful with how um, through all, all of this, as we all know, has created so much division in, in our country, and our culture, but it has not here. That you have been able to die to yourself, put others like the body of Christ should before you, whatever that might mean, wherever you might have been on that kind of feeling about all of this, and we have seen nothing but being able to serve our community and this sweet harmony in the body of Christ. And I just, give yourself an applause. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's okay. Pat yourself on the back. Ow. My hurt. And uh, so, as you know, throughout all of this time, we have... Um, We've, we've followed protocols and really just, just let the, uh, kind of done everything we can to do that. And that's going to continue. So um, as you hopefully know, unless you're under a rock, and I don't really blame you if you've been under a rock, uh, but it, it, if, you, if you were, um, the CDC has recommended going back to full capacity and normal. And uh, our state, Massachusetts, has said as well that that's what we should do. And uh, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, <laughs> Lori's been waiting to do that for a long time. So no more sign-ups, tape's going to come off. I don't know what kind of mess it's going to be under that tape, but we'll see. And, uh, and social distancing and all that. And um, 
Uh, what was I going to say? Okay, so, so that's a couple of things, right, with that before I move into the text. Number one is um, that we, we want um, to, to remember that we're human, okay, and this is not going to just jump back into life. All of us are going to have the effects of this. You have to, of some kind, right, of, of whatever those feelings and emotions might be, trepidations or worries or concerns. And so we just want you to know that sweet tone of the body of Christ is going to continue here. And so if someone still feels like they should wear a face covering or stay distant or not hug and still do the whatever, there's no judgment on that. That's how we're going to play it, right? We're going to transition well through this. Um, on the other hand, if you want to just hug and the other person's okay with it, go for it, right? Because, uh, and, and there'll be no judgment there. And that's just kind of how we're going to do this. They're going to, second thing is they're going to put out an advisory. We just recommend you read that. Like, it's not, a, it's not a mandate or anything anymore, but it's like, here's what, depending on your situation, you should do. And we just recommend that you do what is right and good for you and your family. And again, we're just going to get through this together. All right? All right. And then I can start sleeping at night, maybe. We'll see. But anyway, uh, that's what these, why I'm preaching this sermon. It's not for you. It's for me. Okay. Um, so as we, we look to this, this is a continuation in, in this Hebrews 11 where he really sped up. Remember, he went all throughout Israel's history from creation throughout most of the Old Testament. And then he really was like, all right, I got I to gotta get going here, right? And he kind of flew through judges and he gets us into the monarchy period where the, the kings, uh, right? And, and he also... Um, and we've seen some of the prophets and even Daniel and, and seen, you know, where they, they're in, in Babylon exile. And, and so he's, he's going to um, kind of pick up the action here where this is the last and biggest faith victory, right? Like what's a bigger victory than you were dead and now you're alive? So says, you know, women received back their dead by resurrection. And so that's awesome, probably referring to Elijah and Elisha. And, and yet, now it's going to turn, same paragraph, but what about when you don't see the dead come back to life? Right? What, what happens when you, you don't see that? And, and you don't see the victory in this life, enduring faith. And um, so bear with me for just a minute because remember we say context is everything. Not everything, but it's close to it. So that's why we say it. So you remember that. And, and so what we really truly believe is he's gotten to the point in, in Israelite history where what you're going to see, he's going to be vague again, so he doesn't name names, so we have to kind of guess, right? But it's, it's sort of that monarchy period, the prophets period, sort of the end of our Old Testament, but also what we call the intertestament period. All right? And so you have your Old Testament ends with the prophet Malachi. They're under the rule at this point of Persia, right? Because Babylon was where they were exiled. Persia became the world power. They conquer Babylon. They're a little bit nicer about letting them go back home. They go back home. They're building, re, trying to rebuild the temple walls and, and, and their city and back to their homeland, the Israelite people. And that's kind of where the Old Testament ends. And the New Testament picks up Jesus, John the Baptist, right? That's 400 years later. And so our Bibles don't tell us anything in between. But there is lots of Jewish history where this church would have been very familiar with some amazing stories. So what happened in that 400 years, right, is you had Persia as the world power. Things were pretty good under that. But we all know who took over after that, right? Alexander the Great and the Greeks. And the Greeks, they didn't just want to conquer. 
they had this thing called Hellenistic culture that they wanted to put into all aspects of those they've conquered. That would be their language, that would be their culture, and that would be their religion. Multiple gods. And so they, the, the, in that time period, the Greeks bun, you know, really butted heads with the Israelite people because the Israelite people, uh, we, we're not going to do that. Right? We worship one God. And so you had these battles especially came to a head under Antiochus. And he, uh, as it goes, you may have heard this story, right, where he went into the temple of God in Jerusalem and he sacrificed a pig on the altar. And this would be the biggest disgrace you could do. That's an unclean animal. And he sacrificed it to Zeus. And so the people were furious. And, then, and so there was this whole, like, trying to revolt. And they were trying to force uh, these Jewish people to eat pig's meat and all this stuff because we were going to accept our culture. And they refused. And many were tortured and died. And, and, and so there's a lot of different stories in that. And eventually, they revolted. It's called the Maccabean Revolt. And the Jews actually gained independence with the Greeks. And then came Rome. And that's when Jesus comes, right? So that's your history lesson. But I wanted to give that to you because we see right here, um, as, he, as he gets past the victorious sort of seeing the victory, he says, but some are tortured, refusing to accept release, not brought to life, tortured, killed, gone. What about them? Why, why are they going to have faith? Right? And, and he's probably talking about uh, a couple of situations they would have been familiar in that intertestament period under when Antiochus was doing his thing for the Greeks. And, and one was this 90-year-old priest named Eleazar. And he was told, he was imprisoned, and they said, we will release you if you accept Hellenistic culture and reject your faith in Yahweh. And he refused. In fact, it says, 90-year-old man, he went to the rack. I don't want to know what that is, but they stretch you, torture you, and beat you till you're dead. And he went there gladly, spitting pig's meat out, saying, I will not do that. It violates who I am. It violates my God. And so that word torture actually started as a word that meant the rack, right? But it ended up meaning a lot of other forms of torture as well. Another story under that is real quick. There was a woman and seven sons. And they were also told to reject their faith and to, and to eat pig's meat and do all of this unclean stuff, right? And, and, and the mother watched as her sons, one by one, were tortured and killed for refusing to do that. And she encouraged them. And she said uh, something like, the God who created everything, don't worry. Though you might die, he will give you breath. He will give you breath. And so every one of them died, including her. And so the Hebrews writers playing on that. They knew these stories, right? They're, they're huge stories. That's where Hanukkah came from, right? The Magamine Revolt. Like, that's, that's intertestament stuff. And so they knew these stories. And, he, and he's saying, some were tortured, refusing to accept release. Why? Why would you do that? Here's the answer. So that they might rise again to a better life. You'll receive breath. God will give it to you. It's not, it doesn't end here. As hard as it is, right, as hard as it might be, even tortured, imprisoned, even rejected and alone, as hard as it might be, it's the green tape. 
Doesn't mean it's not hard. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. But you look beyond that and you can endure in faith. Why? Because this world is not our home. This world is not our home. That's the, the perspective, right, that the Hebrews writer is trying to get them to say. Because the choice we end up making, every single one of them, not just that church he was writing to, you and I as well, is we either accept the release, right, and we go into the green tape. And we pursue the world and the values of the world and the joys of the world, and that's it. And we shrink back from where God has called us to do because it's too hard. Or... We say it's just a green tape and we endure. This world is not our home. He continues to give him these speedy examples. He says others suffered mockings and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. So it's physical, it's verbal, and he ends there on imprisonment because we know the Hebrews writers write into a church there. Many of their friends have been imprisoned for their faith in Christ, Right? This happened, these things happened to prophets, they happened in the intertestament time, they even happened in the early church, right? They were stoned. Prophet Zechariah was stoned. Many think, although it's not in our Bibles, that Jeremiah the prophet was stoned. That's how he died. Jesus, when he wept over Jerusalem, what did he say? You stoned the prophets, the messengers. They were sawn in two. This is most likely referring to Isaiah, though, again, not in the Bible. It was well attested to early on that he was told to recant. He said no, and they sawed him in two, and that's how he died. A prophet of God, Isaiah, that's how he dies. It ends badly. How does he have faith through that? What an example. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. Many were killed in the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. This could be many. Elijah, right? It could be Elisha, many of the prophets where they're, they're mistreated. They're, 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 they don't have, they're destitute. They're poor. They're afflicted, right? And he continues and kind of lands here. Of whom? And this is an interlude, right? It's like almost like he's writing and he says, he says they're afflicted, mistreated. And he goes, of whom the world is not worthy. And I'll come back to that in a second. But he says, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. So we know lots of different stories from, from the prof, prophet period, the intertestament period. Uh, you may remember Jezebel and Ahab when they had a hundred prophets hiding in caves, just eating bread and water. It happened, right? Why? Because they would. Elijah himself hid in a cave. He said, I'm alone in this. And God said, come on, Elijah. Let's go. Endure. Endure. This is not your home. That interluding phrase, I love that. Of whom the world was not worthy. You see, this offers the, the hope is, the rope of hope, right? When we think about what might come, a better life, a better kingdom. That's the hope of the future that now drives the engine of the faith in the present. And so all of us have to ask, am I about the applause of the world? Or am I want to be one of those that heaven itself says the world wasn't worthy of you? You can't have both. You just can't. You can kind of play the game like, uh, right? But eventually, right, it comes to are you going to endure in faith even though you see the victory? And, and are you going to just say, no, nah, I want the likes and I want the clicks and I want everyone at work to applaud me and I want everyone in the world to think I'm awesome and I want there to be some plaque that someday it's of me that people take down because they don't even remember me, but hey, it's awesome. Or 
Even if nobody in this world knows me, do I want the angels of heaven to cheer and say, the world was not worthy of you. These examples, these men and women, the Hebrews writer says, the world wasn't worthy. He's trying to tell their church, he's trying to tell us, like that's how you want to face. Don't shrink back and say, I can do this, I can endure in faith, right? Why? I want us to remember why we belong to a better kingdom. This is not our home. If you're a Christian, right, that's, that's what I'm talking to. If you're not, you're invited in tonight. You can trust in faith in Jesus Christ, and, and you become his, he, he, he saves you. And now you, ha- you can also, like any one of us, can look to a better kingdom, a better life, where despite what happens here, God will give you the breath. And it's this, man, this green tape, this box of problems, this gone, and it is forgotten for the glories of Christ grow richer and richer every day. Every day. But here's the thing. When we live that way, the divide gets worse and worse. When we say, remember last week we said, come what may, I'm going to do it God's way. Come what may, I'm going to do it God's way. You can stone me, you can kill me, you can throw me in prison, you can make me sit at my own table in the cafeteria. Come what may, I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it God's way. The problem is, the more you do that, the divide, the divide, and the more there's rejection, and the more there is the the stones come your way. And they may be verbal, they might be physical, it's just going to happen. And don't believe me, right? Believe Jesus. What did he say? And if you don't want to listen to me, he says, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. This is in the Gospel of John. If you were of the world, the world would love you. Trophies as its own. That's what would happen. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Later on in John 16, he said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That's what the cross is all about. He said, I died in your place. I shed blood for you because I've overcome sin and, and the world and all that drags you. You, you. I've overcome that. So, yeah, in this life, in this waiting for me to return, there's, you're trying to do it my way. You're living now for another kingdom. Like your values, your, your, your purposes, your plans, the way you do things become a part of a whole other kingdom. And, man, this kingdom hates it. And you're going to feel it, Jesus said. I felt it. Gosh, they killed Jesus. All he did was good stuff. And they killed him. What do you think they're going to do to you? If you're not experiencing anything, it's a bad sign, quite frankly. As Jesus said, the world is going to hate you. But how do we have enduring faith? We remember he's overcome the world. And this world... It's not our home. This world's not our home. You know, on, um, on Monday, this past Monday, I was, uh, um, it's, my, one, it's uh, my day off, Monday. 
It's not usually the most fruitful day. I'm usually exhausted. Other pastors have told me, give the church one of your, give your bad day. Take a good one. I'm like, I can't do that to God because you can't really think on Monday. And I was trying to get some yard work done. As you remember, it was a nice day, and, and, uh, and I was trying to refresh, and I heard some news. And it was nothing, like, tragic or anything. Just personally, it was, created tremendous stress and burden, and I couldn't think about anything else. Anyone been there before? Yeah? We've all been there. I don't care what age, right? And so I'm trying to go about, I'm just like, it's just all I can think about. And it's like, well, my mom died nine years ago, and, and I don't, it's like, as time has gone by, this, these days happen less and less because of time, but it still happens every once in a while, and Monday was one of those days I just wanted to call my mom. You get those? Just wanted to call her. And so I remember as I was just kind of feeling that way, and, and it was the Lord just assured me, he's like, you can always call me. I know, I know, and I began to pray, and my mind would wander. That probably happens to you too come back to prayer. And as I'm praying about it, the Lord assured me, the world is hard. But it's not your home. You can endure in faith. It's not your home. It's often not going to go the way you want it to go. It's not your home. Tuesday, I thought, I thought feeling better. I was here now, you know, doing work. And, and uh, I got more news, similar along the same lines. You know, again, nothing tragic, but just kind of, oh. So I went into prayer, and the, the tears came, and as I was praying again, the Lord assured me, that little quiet voice, the world is hard, but it's not your home. Endure, endure in faith. Trust me. Give it to me. On Thursday, you're like, what a week, Jamie, man. But this is a normal week for a lot of us. I've had worse weeks, had better, but Thursday I had a funeral, and it was a graveside. It's a family I'd never met before, um, great family, really had a lot of fun, through tears, celebrating Bubba was the guy who, who passed, and, and they wanted me to be there because Bubba actually came to church here as a kid because he literally, his house was right about probably that section before the, the addition, and so it made sense to just go over here to church, right? And it was, it was a celebration of life for sure, and and uh, things went really well. The gospel was shared. But at the end, I don't know if you've ever been to those, but sometimes you don't really know what to do. People, not, should I get up? Should I stay? And everyone's just kind of sitting there looking. And his wife of 58 years got up. And I thought I was doing well with 23 years, you know. I got a whole other level. That's 58. She got up and she kind of walked over and she grabbed the, the gravestone of Bubba and she said, well, it's really hard to leave. It's really hard to leave. And I was kind of standing back. I thought, yeah, it is hard to leave. This world is hard. But it's not our home. It's not our home. Friday I woke up. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I love being vulnerable. I never want you thinking, oh, he's a pastor. He doesn't understand me. Are you kidding me? This is a struggle, the green tape struggle with me every day, just like it is for you. Friday, I wake up, literally felt like I couldn't breathe. And I didn't even know why. Like, already anxious. Anyone been there before? Yeah. It just, like, grips you. And you're just, like, thinking about all the home I got. Why am I feeling this way? What, 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 right? And, and it was, again, I just 
prayed and I breathed and God said, this world is hard. It isn't your home. Get up, endure in faith. Right, because the enemy, oh, he wants to attack you and say, this is all there is. Give up. Give up. That's what he wants to tell you. And that's what the Hebrews writer is saying. You can't give up. Endure in faith. You may see the victory like the Red Sea. You may not. But you've got a better kingdom. Right? This is a green tape. You've got a better kingdom. It's not your home. You have a better home you're living for. That's where your values are. You trust him in this. It's a moment you're, you're with the Lord when death comes, when you're a Christian. And I, 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 you know, I don't want you to... Um, hear me say something I'm not saying. The fact that this is not our home does not mean that there aren't blessings and joys in this life. There are. Praise God for that. And that you shouldn't enjoy them. You, that you, you, you shouldn't enjoy lingering over a table with good friends and more laughter than makes your sides butt. You should enjoy that. It's a gift from God. You should enjoy holding that baby in your arms. You should enjoy that infectious giggle of a toddler that just makes you laugh no matter what's going on. The sunset on the beach where you say, God's creation. Right? The wedding celebration of two people in love. Enjoy that. Family gets together and has a beautiful cut of steak or tofu garden burger, whatever, you know, whatever your thing is, you know. I don't want to presume. Enjoy that. That's good gifts from God. Here's the thing. Enjoy those. They should do two things. Because here's the temptation. I love those things, right? And so I'm gonna, uh, that's going to satisfy me. So the more tofu burgers I get, that sounds terrible. The more, uh, you know, filet I get, the more drink I get, the more leisure I get, the more family I get, the more this and this and this. And it never satisfies you, right? You know that. It doesn't satisfy you. Instead, what those moments and those times should be as a, as a pointer that there is, they are mere morsels compared to what you're going to experience in eternity, right? You shouldn't be like, oh, this is the best. It's not, it's a morsel. It's not even an appetizer. It's not even an hors d'oeuvre, as the French say, uh, right, of what is coming, of the joys of Christ. You're not just going to be on a cloud playing a harp. You're going to live life to its fullest as God intended. That's what awaits you. So when you know that, right, you can endure in faith because this is not your home, right? So you don't think of this as a time to just be a monk and not experience anything. Experience it, but let it help you to see the God who made all things good and will do so again. And so how do we respond to this? Okay, Jamie, then how do I live since this is not my home? Glad you asked. Since we belong to a better kingdom, live like it. Okay, how do we do that? How do we live, right, without getting too uh, impressed with ourselves in the world and as we experience the box of problems and we know we're living in the green tape and God's called us to, but how how do we do that? Well, the the Hebrews writer, and, and again, this is, way up in chapter 13, so we're not going to get to this in this series, so I figured I'd give it to you now. He tells us something about that. He said this, so Jesus also suffered outside the gate. It was outside of Jerusalem, which wasn't just physically Golgotha, but it was actually a, a symbol of the rejection of Jesus from this world. 
He says this. In order, he did that to sanctify the people through his own blood. He did it for you and me to overcome the world. Therefore, which means, okay, what, what about that? Let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. What? That's what he's trying to tell you. Like, like, no, 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 let's go to where you're rejected and you're an outsider, where Jesus is. Because I, you can give me all of the world. If Jesus isn't there, forget it. Right? That, that you go outside the gate. You're willing to bear the reproach that comes with identifying with Jesus. Continues. For we have no lasting city. This world will not last but we seek the city that is to come. So we live in this world. We go after the Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Our last passage, he says this. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. And do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So while we face the box of problems, while we're in the green tape, looking forward to the hope, whatever, whether we get victory or not, what do we do? Well, he says, first, worship. Devote your life to him, right, to the way. Now, I love Star Wars, and I'm a big, you know, Mandalorian, right? Grogu or whatever they're calling baby yoga these days. Baby yoga, Yoda, Yoda I meant to say. Right? They said, the way. You know that? Jesus said, I'm the way long before it. Right? The way of Christ is what? It's worship and it's saying, come what may, I'm going to do it his way, his word, his truth. And you know what's crazy about that? Is it means... That while the world hates you, you're not allowed to hate it back. While you're doing that, while it might reject you and it might push you away, you do good. Do all that you can. And you show radical generosity. How crazy is that? If you think this world is all there is, you'll never be able to do that. People persecuting, people throwing you in prison, and you just saying, how can I love you? How could I do good to you, right? You can't do that. Nobody could do that unless they understand this is green tape. This is temporary, that I live for a better life. So, hey, while we're here, let me show you the love of Christ. Let me show you the way. Let me show you the truth. Let me show you that love and radical generosity. That's how you live. That's how you live. And so, you can only do that when you trust God, enduring faith. I don't know what your box of problems are tonight or will be tomorrow or next year. I don't know. And I know there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of weight on our hearts. There's a lot of loneliness. What I'm telling you is you may see the victory, you may not, but you, this is not your home and you live for a better kingdom and a better life. And so we live that way. We live with joy. We live in the opportunities to do good to everyone we can and show radical generosity to everyone God puts in our path. And we do that because that's what Christ did. We go to where he is, outside the camp. Come what may, I will live for a greater city and do it God's way. So here's how I want us to to, um, finish and respond. 
I'm going to get this out of the worship team's way. I'm going to invite our worship team up. Try not to trip on hope, all right? Actually, I'm going to grab it anyway. Here's how I I want us to respond in in prayer today. I want you to, to not close your eyes this time. I want you to look at this green tape. And I want you to just have some space as you're staring at it. Remember what this represents. What in the green tape, this life, this world for you, is in that box of problems right now? The burdens, the anxieties, depressions, fears. What is it? What is it? Father, I pray you help each and every one of us know what's in that box. And I pray that you'd reveal it to us. Give us perspective. And so as you're staring at the screen tape now, look at the look at the rope. Do you believe you have a better life in Christ? Do you believe you have the eternal glories coming? Do you believe that there's not going to be some kind of lecture from Jesus when you get there? It's well done, good and faithful servant. Do you believe this? And if you do, how is it driving your present, your faith? Second thing I want you to do as you stare again at this green tape is what in here is grabbing your attention right now? Money, fame, success, likes on Insta, TikTok, whatever it's called, Twitter face, as Bill Belichick said. What is it? What is a temptation to drag you from where God wants you, his way? Now close your eyes. As you think about those things, it's a beautiful opportunity to have repentance. Repentance is not an ugly religious word. It is a beautiful word of doing an about face and saying, Jesus, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to pursue the world anymore. Help me. I want to go your way today. Tomorrow I want to wake up and I want to go your way. I don't want to give you the box of problems and the stresses. I want to have enduring faith, faith that endures through whatever trial, whatever this world might throw at me. Just take that space and just say, I repent of it, Jesus. I turn from it. I turn to you. I want more. I want to live of next of, of the better kingdom, not this one. Lord Jesus, as we get ready to sing praises to your name, I pray that we would make that joyful noise because we know we're saved by your blood and that whatever's in that box of problems in our green tape right now, this day, this week, we can walk past it in enduring faith because this world, it's not our home. You have a greater place. Fix that. 
Fix that in our minds and our hearts, Lord Jesus. To your praise, to your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said. Amen. Would you like to hear it? Let's sing dwell together and feel free. Plenty of space. Let your voice be heard.